0: Hey guys, thanks for listening. Before the episode starts, I just want to thank you all for being here. If it sounds like I'm sick, it's because I am. Also, stick around until the end, because there's something fun that plays at the very end of the episode. Alright, see you guys next time. Hi, I'm Justin. I'm Meredith. And this is Dead Talk. Thou and
1: Because you know spooky. it's we me and shit. <laughs> yes, spooky! <laughs> Woo! <Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. laughs>
0: see what the temperature is right now <laughs> oh by the way this is our halloween episode everybody
1: yeah man we're talking about the weather what's up
0: <laughs> it's 45 degrees right now
1: oh well, on, i can see how what it's that at in atlanta this is what you guys get to look forward to when you get older it's like oh what's the weather outside guys how cold is it um, it's 67 here but it's pretty cold for us
0: that's not cold that's perfect weather
1: Oh, it's nice. It's not too bad. Uh, you know, throw on a light sweater, go outside. It's a little cold in my apartment. That's because I found out I don't have heating in my window unit. So,
0: I, um... I <clears throat> actually don't turn on my heat at all.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. I'm in an upstairs apartment and all the apartments around me just blast their heat.
1: Uh-huh, winning.
0: Dude, like my... My electric bills are so low during the wintertime. It's awesome. I love it.
1: I love it. That's so good. Because mine, so I do have like some little like, uh, like they're clearly from the A's. But uh, since most of the houses in Atlanta, they weren't built with central air, like AC, uh, which coming from Texas, that's a, that was a big culture shock. Because uh, everything is, is like built in with like central AC. And it's like, oh, no, you have to have this to live here. So most, a lot of places in Atlanta just have window units, so mine has a window unit, then I have these weird things that are bolted into the floor that look like space heaters. And they work okay, they just use a lot of energy, so I don't like to turn them on unless I'm really, really cold.
0: Yeah, see, I pretty much blasted my AC all winter, or all summer long, and fog it was expensive
1: oh it is it is like
0: like i had to set up like a payment plan with my insurance company or with my uh electric company because i was like holy it. fuck this is expensive and they were like hey because you don't spend as much day in the winter time if you just pay 200 bucks a month it'll all like it'll eventually catch itself up you'll be good And i was like okay
1: that's true because like it So <clears throat> i think like the oof yeah no summers can get you they really can Again, episode, weather talk. Yay.
0: <laughs> okay, but in, around Michigan, usually it's supposed to snow sometime this week.
1: Oh, wow. really? So,
0: yeah, like, usually kids have to, like, wear, like, coats and shit with their Halloween costumes, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Honestly, like, the fact that they do that, like, I kind of wish, like, they would do Halloween earlier, unfortunately, like... Obviously, Halloween's supposed to be on the thirty-first, but it's like the kids really can't really enjoy it because they're all cold as shit.
1: Yeah, well, like you know, I told you, my parents grew up in Michigan. They have fond memories of that, where yeah. they're like, "Yeah, I had to like wear my little Red Riding Hood costume, and I had to put on like a like a bunch of coats."
0: All right. So no one can tell what you are. Yeah, time- yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is.
1: But why have not costumes evolved to the point of the costume involved the coat? What's
0: are you saying. Why haven't? Why don't we just start Halloween on October 1st? Uh, every, like, like you go know, trick-or-treating, like, the, the first Saturday of the month. That way you're out of school. You don't got to worry about school the next day. And then, like, there's just festivities all throughout the month. And then, like, you have a baller fucking Halloween party the last weekend of October.
1: Why not make Halloween a month long event? I'm okay with that.
0: You what?
1: So we should make Halloween a month long event because i I'd be okay with that.
0: Right, exactly. Like it'd be sweet. Mm-hmm. Like have like different weekends designated for different things, like the pumpkins and shit like that. Like
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the, like it just gets scarier as the month progresses.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because there's like there could be one day where we just like throw buckets of blood at each other.
0: I that mean, What kind of blood?
1: <laughs> like I don't know, pig's blood or like, well, you know, like corn syrup and and food coloring. All right, all right. I guess you know, that. it's like whatever, whatever gets your jollies, it's okay. <laughs> we can have a day totally dedicated to pranks. There you go.
0: Oh God.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can make this a thing.
0: Look at us. First, we figured out what our catchphrase was, and now we're uh, planning holidays. Exactly. We're 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 just like my boom bam, but they well, have their candle nights.
1: They got candle nights. Well, well, I do have a tradition that I have for my friends out here. Since, uh, if those of you listening have been keeping track, from Texas originally, and I moved out to Atlanta, so I'm away from my family. And also, I'm not that into Thanksgiving. So, fortunately, I have a friend out here who also doesn't go home for Thanksgiving. So, we created our own holiday on the same day as Thanksgiving, coincidentally. And it's called <laughs> Spooksgiving. Spooksgiving, so, which is a, uh, it's basically Thanksgiving, but spooky. And, uh, we make themed cocktails and we watch horror movies and, and to sounds, wish someone much
0: a, better. Than oh, a it is. Thanksgiving. So good. People because the only, just, only good thing about Thanksgiving is the fact that people get with their family and the food. Everything else about it is shit.
1: Yeah. Cause you may or may not fight with said family. Exactly. So, you know, like what's up? And, uh, it, to wish someone a good Spooksgiving, you say, "Merry Spooksgiving. That's the, that's the key part merry spooksgiving
0: is there is there a spooksgiving eve oh my god mm-hmm. there could totally be a spooksgiving eve where you guys gift each other horror movies
1: oh my god we could
0: oh my god that could be the...
1: good yeah yeah because we last year we did like horror movies and also we played with Ouija boards what's up
0: i don't I don't get the stigma around Ouija boards I mean oh.
1: Well, like, I don't get it either, even as a a big old weirdo like me, because actually, fun fact, Ouija boards were created as a part of uh, back in the day during like the sort of spiritualism movement, and it was Mm -hmm. used as a stage prop for stage magic.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, there's no problem there. Sorry, guys.
0: They're not as scary as the movies make them seem.
1: I wish they were, because that's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. That's true.
1: Instead, so I'm like, this is just gibberish.
0: Okay. <laughs> the ghost, why are the ghosts always drunk? I don't know. I think that language is hard sometimes. <laughs> All right. So whoever's listening, please, I have one final request when I die. If I die when I'm 83 years old,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: if I get hit by a bus. That'd be pretty cool. No, that's what the Ouija board told me was going to happen.
1: You're going to die at 84 by being hit by a, a- bus?
0: 83. And I'm going to... It said something, it said a bus. So maybe I'm dying on a bus, I'm getting hit by a bus, something bus well, related. See,
1: I hope you don't die on a bus, because that's very dark.
0: Okay, but like, what if it's a tour bus?
1: Mm, that, I don't know. Mm. I would still say, though, <laughs> even if it's a tour bus, I don't want to die on a bus.
0: I mean, okay, but here's the thing. Or like, what if I'm like, retired, and like, I have a pimped out school bus on a tour in the country or something?
1: Okay, then that's pretty tight. Right? That's pretty tight. Okay. We don't
0: know how I'm going to die by a bus, but a bus is involved somehow. Mm I'm going to be 83 years old. If those two things happen, I need it on my headstone to say, the Ouija board told me so, or told me, or something like that. Or something along, the Ouija board predicted it, or something like that. Or the Ouija board was
1: right, damn it. Right, something like that, yeah. That's pretty good, it's pretty good, it's pretty good. See, I've never asked how I was going to die, because personally, I just don't want to know, want to catch me by surprise.
0: I asked it when I was 10, so I mean...
1: And it was like, good news.
0: <laughs> right. In your
1: eighties. Bad news though. You're on a bus.
0: Right. Leave no, that all, all, to interpret. I, I, I was like, how am I going to die? And it said, a bus. So I was like, that could mean a lot of things.
1: That could mean a lot of things. It could mean like even like a toy bus. Like a grandkid left out. And you tripped and fell on it.
0: I swear to God.
1: <laughs> oh, that would be like the biggest irony of ironies is that it's not actually like a bus boss, but it's like a toy.
0: Or like my daughter brings home her boy her foreign boyfriend, his name is Abus. And then he kills We don't know me.
1: why his very Mormon family or what have you has named him A Bus.
0: Abus. 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 Like, like he just pronounces it differently. And then like I'm like well, I, I meet him right. and I'm like, Oh, how do you spell exactly. your name? He goes, and he's like A B U S and as I'm shaking his hand I realize I'm eighty two years old. You're like, no, the stars and are This right. is what's gonna happen. So or then I kill like, him.
1: Okay. I'm I get arrested go to, go to jail.
0: And then mm-hmm. I get killed in jail at eighty three.
1: See, that's a monkey's paw right there. Like, Ooh. what's up? Like you you that just was a big old <laughs> paw twist. You didn't even know it.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ! I love the episodes where we don't know what the fuck is going on. They're my favorite oh, it,
1: again, it is like freestyle jazz. We just go with it
0: Oh man mm-hmm. I'm down on eighty three, and it's gonna be so crazy.
1: It's gonna be Buck Wild
0: All right, so I got two stories today. one yeah. was sent, one was sent into us <gasps> yay and then one is a creepypasta pasta that I found, but haven't read
1: it's okay i won't i won't i I won't judge.
0: I haven't, well actually, I haven't read I'm it.
1: so glad that you said that because I wasn't feeling the one I was working on today.
0: Well, so because, actually I
1: found two uh, they're not creepy pastas, but they're from the the reddits.
0: Well, I just I wanted to read a story that I had never read before because i want I was gonna read the Russian sleep experiment because that's my favorite creepy pasta. I was
1: like but everyone's heard it.
0: Exactly. everybody's yeah. heard it. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just gonna go to the creepy pasta and pick the top ranked and just click on a random one that catches my eye good plan so, yeah so would you like the creepy pasta first or the real life mm. story first? oh dude
1: real life story man let's party let's do this let's just dive in
0: all right so i don't know if this guy wants me to say his name i'm assuming he doesn't matter it doesn't matter because he commented on the post saying he sent us a story okay okay well
1: really, first name not last name how about
0: that first name but his. Yeah. it's a very you know it's a very unique first name
1: well, then I'm sorry, bud. He has
0: a very generic last name, though.
1: You know what? As a spirit moves you, it's it is it, it is Salwyn. Salwyn has come, the veil has thinned, which I always think is weird because, like, a veil is supposed to be thin, but whatever. Oh, also, pro tip for any listeners that are into witchy stuff if you want the best, like, anti curse thing, all you got to do is pee in a jar. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what? and here's the thing though. You're Wasn't just... that what
0: David David Bowie did? Then he pee in a jar, or he traded he traded fingernail clippings to some other member for his. Mm, he was into no. some crazy shit.
1: No, because like what you should do though is if you're making like a jar for that, is that you do put your what you do is you fill up the like you get a little glass jar, preferably dark glass, but let's be honest, like this is all like fly by the seat of your pants shit. Um, go fill it up halfway with like broken nails and glass that you can find outside, but be careful, don't, don't hurt your hands. And then what you do is you do take fingernail clippings off of yourself, put it in the jar, and then you put some of your hair in it, and then you pee in it. And there you go. But here's my thing: everyone wants to be a witch until they have to pee in the goddamn jar. and all of a sudden, that's not aesthetic. You're like I, I can't put this on Instagram. I, like, no, you cannot. But I mean, you can. That yeah. But that's the best way to keep curses off of you.
0: I mean, when I lived with my buddy Austin, he took such a long shower, and I was gonna piss myself, so I just pissed in the canteen bottle there in my you bedroom. Go.
1: There you I was go. Like,
0: oh, I gotta go. <laughs>
1: you know what? That life happens. Life happens. So okay. So what's the the writer in the the in caller that we have?
0: My name. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, I don't want to I, I, I don't wanna butcher his first name either. So my Who's... name Mr. is Sofano. Mr. Bush.
1: Ooh, tell me about that Bush.
0: And I work at Octagon Hall Museum in Franklin. Kentucky? Is that K-Y? Kentucky? Yeah, Kentucky. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because
0: there's I not another state that starts with K. So, yeah. Look. <laughs> um, oh, look, you close to me.
1: Yay. The
0: creator of Today in Horror History on Facebook said you could use some scary stories. Thank you, Sarah.
1: Thanks, Sarah. She'll be with us next time.
0: Hopefully, she will be. Yeah. My favorite paranormal, or can you say my quote-unquote favorite paranormal experience I've ever had there will stick with me for life. One uh, by the way, guys, you're gonna hear how great I am at reading.
1: You know what? I believe in you.
0: <laughs> One day I was cleaning with a volunteer, just going about a regular day, when the feel, taste, and smell of blood running down my throat hit me. Ew. Uh, I thought for sure I'm—I've I'm not read this either, so.
1: Okay, just freestyle it.
0: And that's what I was saying. Like, so I'm going to be reacting at this, like, at this.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry, Mr. Bush. We are—we are truly amateurs, but thank you so much for sharing your story
0: well i just i thought it'd be more fun if i just read it with everybody
1: yeah because you get reac- real reactions in real time but right. continue so blood and smell and taste is, 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 and is feeling
0: dumb. yeah Ew. i thought for sure i'd develop my first ever nosebleed i threw my head backward so as to not get blood on irreplaceable antique rugs well that's good
1: you know what hey Thank you for your service.
0: (laughs) And I began to choke badly. I threw my head forward so that maybe I could breathe and expected a river of blood, but nothing came. I ran to the mirror in the room and looked into my mouth. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Not a trace of anything at all, much less the gallons of blood I had just tasted, smelled, and physically choked on. It will unnerve me forever that something can make me feel something so real. Another one that comes to mind was was a jaw-dropper for me and a few others. Hey... We do paranormal investigations there at the museum from time to time. Bro, maybe someday Ooh, we'll meet you. Maybe. You can we'll take us on a tour. That'd be crazy. You're going to do a little field trip. Uh, I have come to enjoy that field of work because of my experiences there. One night we were at the slave cemetery. Oh, my goodness. We got to go. When I saw what looked to be the headlights of someone who was trespassing, everyone allowed on the property in the middle of the night was right there with me. A few of us were armed, and we're armed. Oh, my God. And oh, damn. A, well, t- it's
1: Kentucky. It's, it's a cultural thing there. It's Kentucky. It, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I know You're from the north. You don't understand. It's
0: okay. There's guns everywhere. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, no, it's,
1: tr- it's this true. Is- I, fr- I forget that Michigan is the most redneck of the northern
0: states. I mean, there's hunting and deer and everything. Yeah,
1: you got wolverines and shit, so I understand.
0: A few of us were armed and headed toward the driveway to run off the trespassers. No, see, I just thought he was, like, a worker there. I didn't realize, like, he was going to be, like, holding a gun.
1: Well, it sounds like he works security.
0: Yeah, I I didn't realize that at first, but I do now. And if he doesn't work security and he still has a gun, what's up with that, bro?
1: I mean, you never be too
0: careful. I guess. All right, so headed towards the driveway to run off the trespassers. Clearly, we saw two square headlights, but there was no sound of an engine. As I quickened my pace to get to them... One of the lights moved backward while the other remained still. I Ooh. broke into a, <laughs> I broke into a run at this point toward the lights, about 50 feet away. I realized that the lights were just there, not connected to a vehicle. My Go feet. Ghost
1: lights. Yes, I love these things. They're cool.
0: It says my feet smoked to a stop from shock. Both lights shook for a moment, then put vibrated question mark, then just disappeared right before my eyes. I turned to see where the rest of the group were, and they were about 20 feet back with their jaws on the ground. I'm a, very skepti- I'm a very skeptical person by nature, so the stories that make it out of, of that place by myself have been tested and tested. I'd rather find the explanation than jump to paranormal many, many times. That house has left me without choice but to admit that there is no explanation for some things in this world. Ew,
1: dude. Okay, Mr. <clears throat> Mr. Bush censor. First, it might be a little bit hard to pronounce, and I didn't hear it.
0: He, wait, he's uh, the curator. What's the cu- what's curator? It's like, fancy
1: guy, uh, right? It's a fancy man. Fancy man. I'm not well-versed in my museum stuff, but it means that you're 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 kind of important. And, like, you're kind of in charge of, like, a lot of things.
0: A keeper or custodian of a museum or other collection.
1: Thank you, Google. Yeah, because, like, you're, you're in charge of <laughs> the stuff. Hence why I'm, like, good that you didn't bleed on the rugs when you thought you had a nosebleed.
0: I don't, like, dude, like, that would not be my first thought. I mean, like, clearly I don't work with antique rugs
1: oh yeah yeah because that's that would be very difficult to get out
0: and he's a he's a docent which is a member of the teaching staff immediately below professional rank
1: oh so, so cool so dude
0: knows his shit
1: i love this oh my gosh send us more spooky stories if you get more
0: well he says if you need more stories actual evidence or history the location i'm happy to provide that
1: oh my hey. god yes please yeah Holy dude crap and, no, I'm into this stuff. Cause... Right, we
0: have to we have to visit that, like yeah, legit.
1: Yeah.
0: Like if this podcast ever hits the road.
1: hmm Or if we ever get twenty dollars.
0: We're gonna need more than twenty dollars for gas.
1: That's true. Well, that's, let's, that's let's see. Uh, wait,
0: wait, hold on. Let, we got Google, Michigan to Kentucky. Eh, it's like a not a long drive actually. It would suck for you though, because Kentucky's like right on Indiana, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, like I have to drive to Tennessee.
0: It's an eight-hour drive. I could make that. Yeah, it's like right under Ohio and Indiana.
1: Maybe someday soon, hopefully. And
0: no, you're... that
1: is badass. I wonder, man. I wonder what it was, because uh, ghost lights is what it sounded like with the second story. And I've seen those before when I when I went out to uh, Marfa out in Texas. Mm-hmm. They have ghost lights, and they behave in the same ways. So. There's some some people are like it's swamp gas. Some people think it's a lot of other things, but um, I don't know. I don't know. From seeing them, it's uh, if that's, Weird. Actually, if that's actually what he saw, because you know, we don't have his memory in our brain, uh, they are very unusual and very interesting. And I always love stories about that.
0: So, wait...
1: But with the the smell of blood, man, I'm not really sure because there shouldn't be anything contaminated with blood and that that you would smell suddenly.
0: So from Atlanta to well, from wait, you're in Atlanta, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I'm in Atlanta.
0: Atlanta, Georgia.
1: Mm-hmm. Atlanta, Georgia. Lord howdy.
0: Atlanta, Georgia to Kentucky is only a five and a half hour drive.
1: Yeah, it's not too bad. And we
0: could totally just meet in the middle. <laughs>
1: There we go. Kentucky. Yay. There we go. That's crazy. That's badass. And also, like, hey, Mr. Bush, please, like, tell us more about the place that you curate and it'd be cool to, like, at least, like, look it up. Give it a Google.
0: Oh, yeah. For sure.
1: Oh, that's cool. Man, that's neat
0: All right. Do you want to tell one of your stories?
1: Yes. Because this is a good short one. Because I'm going to save the longer one for for my second one.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm doing.
1: So, this is from (laughs) Uh, one of my favorite subreddits called Let's Not Meet Which is <laughs> allegedly about uh, It's supposed to be about true stories of like weird Encounters with like t- You know weird people mm-hmm. Which I always find scary Or just odd happenstances And stuff that possibly are caused by people And so this reddit user is called uh, Flor Oh gosh Florinizer? Yeah Florinizer And this was posted about a year ago and the title is "My Brother Saw a Ghost as a Kid." Two decades later, I realized what he actually saw.
0: <laughs> it what was I, a ghost.
1: It was a ghost. No, gosh, no. Because I did skim through this, so whew, okay, hold on to your hats, kiddos. I was about seven years old. Because I'm not going to change the pro- I'm not going to change these little things here because it's. I'm just going to trip over them. So imagine that this is the user telling you the story. This did not actually happen to me. So, anyways, continuing i was about seven years old my brother was about 10. It was well past our bedtime when our mom woke us, woke us up off the couch to put us to bed our dad worked construction out of, out of town back then so it was often that the three of us were just alone for the weeks for weeks at a time up the stairs and to the immediate right was our parents room going left put you in the middle of the hallway taking another left down the, that hallway led to my brother's room and the opposite end was my room which also was across the hall from the upstairs bathroom. At either end of the hallway are windowed doors that we always kept locked and very rarely used. The door on my end led to a balcony overseeing our front yard, and the door on my brother's end opened up to our back porch. The house kind of leans into a small hill. My brother and my mom both had a habit of waking up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom. I only knew this because I was a light sleeper, and I just couldn't help... uh, And they just couldn't help flushing when the door was wide open. Which, been there, I have, I've had a sister where, like, I was across the way from the bathroom. Always woke up every time she flushed. This night, however, my brother stopped on his way to the room and came towards, back towards my bathroom. hold on, sorry. This night, however, my brother stopped on his way to his room and came back towards the bathroom. I'm going to try to pee before I go to bed, he said. The past few nights I've been too afraid to walk to the bathroom. I keep seeing a man wearing stripes at the end of the hallway. I don't know if my mom wrote it, off, wrote it off as my brother telling ghost stories trying to scare me. Old brothers do that. Or if she was already half asleep and didn't catch it, but she didn't react at all to my brother's confession. I, on the other hand, was terrified by it. The fear of seeing a ghost like that at the end of the hallway or through the windows is, some re- is the reason why I still start running from... Uh, like, He made them a little clunky. Is the reason I started running from the stairs to my bedroom at night.
0: Oh, that's just because stairs are scary at nighttime. Everybody knows that.
1: Oh, gosh, they are. Oh, my gosh. Because, like, you're going from, like, a dark place to another dark place. And then, like, you're kind of, like, suspended in the air. (laughs) Hate it. Why are stairs a thing? Yeah. So, later, (laughs) when I was about 18, my mom and I were having a conversation in her car about a dog we had for a very short time when I was little. We were sharing stories about Max's tendencies towards destroying my shoes. I think Max is the dog, clearly. Uh, And and other unruly behaviors when my mom blurted out, oh, do you remember the time I opened the front door for the cops and Max ran inside to the kitchen and started tearing open the bag of dog food we had? This caught me by surprise because in all the years I lived in the house, we never once called the cops. Gun owners, quiet family, rural West Virginia neighborhood, etc. I asked her what she was talking about, and she looked equally surprised as if she had just revealed something by accident. Oh, that's right. I never told you because you were too young at the time. One night, I woke up hearing noises outside my window, and when I looked, I saw a man staring into my bedroom. She then went on to describe how turning on the lights caused him to, to take off running and how she grabbed my dad's pistol before calling the cops. I can't remember the details I gave them when they showed up. Tall white male wearing a striped shirt and jeans, short dark hair, something like that. They said it matched the description of a the man they were looking for in the area. Turns out he escaped from jail on a murder charge. Now I know it sounds so obvious hearing those two stories back to back, but it wasn't. It, it wasn't until a few years ago, in my mid twenties, I pieced together my brother had unknowingly warned us about the murderer who spent a couple nights casing our home.
0: Mm-mm. Yes, Mm-mm. yes. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's
1: so spooky. That's
0: some Richard Ramirez shit.
1: Oh, yeah, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Like, oof. And actually something similar like that happened to, like, no, it wasn't a murder or anything, but it was my mom's, like, when my mom was growing up in, like, Northville, Michigan, this would have been back in, like, ooh, probably the 60s, there was a jailbreak where uh, this guy had escaped. I think he he was just a guy who had robbed a place, so he wasn't, Necessarily, I wouldn't consider it necessarily dangerous. It could be dangerous, but they were all over town looking for him. And she said that the town went all lockdown. And uh, she looked out the window and she saw a bunch of cops going to her friend's house. And it turns out he had been camping in her friend's treehouse for like three weeks. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Three weeks. Yeah, because he'd been gone like, for a minute, and they traced him back to like their little town.
0: Uh, Someone had no, seen him, like scattered. Don't, why would you stay there for that long, though? Like,
1: I mean, I think that he, I think it's that he was kind of scavenging things from here and there, and also, I don't know. Also, my mom might have exaggerated. It might have just been a week, but you know, All as right. told to me, it was three weeks. So it sounds a little bit <laughs> more important and fancy.
0: So you're saying he was there for eight weeks?
1: Eight weeks, two years, living in that <laughs> tree house. We don't know why the kid didn't go up there in two years. We don't understand. Just wasn't feeling it for two years. Never saw inside that thing. <laughs> yeah, but fortunately, no one was hurt. Unfortunately, no one was hurt in that story. But god damn, that's insane and scary. So it sounds like, from what the little brother, well, the older brother was saying, is that he was actually like in their house. Like, just chilling, Dude,
0: like, mm, yeah, just like kind of like hanging out. Like, oh shit, this little kid saw me. Oh, like, cool. It's going to so be a gross. ghost. Real quick. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, <laughs> all right, man. All right, you want you want to read one of yours?
0: Well, the estimated reading time for this is 22 minutes, so you better buckle up. Go for up. it.
1: I will. <clears> I, got, <throat> I got some snacks. We're good.
0: This one is called... There's so many ads on Creepypasta. Creepypasta, get your shit together.
1: Get it together, man.
0: Um, this one is called Charles Bonnet Syndrome. It was published May 4th of 2017, and it was written by S.P. Hickley.
1: Ooh, okay. Tell me... Paint me a word picture.
0: I'll try. Mhm. <clears throat> Beautiful. Thank like
1: cough all that crap out.
0: It's ugh. <laughs> I suffer from a condition called Charles Bonnet syndrome or visual release hallucinations if you want to get more technical. It's a condition that's far more common than you might realize. It's estimated that as many as half of people with gradual loss of vision will experience one or more bouts over their lifetime. Yeah, I'm willing to bet that most of you have never heard of it. Oh, is that true?
1: What was it called again?
0: Uh, Charles Bonnet Syndrome.
1: Mm. It says it's
0: est- estimated that as many as half of people with gradual loss vision will experience one or more bouts over their lifetime.
1: Uh, It is totally real. What's up? Uh,
0: that's crazy. Okay, well, that makes this worse.
1: I love it.
0: The reason for that is because most sufferers are scared to tell anybody what we experience. I know I was. But I'm getting ahead of myself. My name is Andrew and I'm 26. Two years ago, I woke up with awful blurred vision. Every single edge and detail clouded as if somebody had smeared Vaseline on a camera lens and it never got better. Oh, that's. Yeah. I was scared then and got over to Dr. Harper's surgery as fast as I could, suddenly needing to take a cab rather than climb in the car I'd driven without incident ever since I'd bought it three years prior. The doctor did some tests, asked me some questions. Have you been much thirstier lately? How often do you urinate? How would you describe your tiredness levels? And then gave me the diagnosis that changed my life forever. Diabetes.
1: Oh god, wouldn't that suck?
0: Type that's usually,
1: That's the plot twist. And Wait, actually, really?
0: That's what, they, that's what this, I don't know if this is a true story, but it's not creamy pasta.
1: Yeah, probably not, but it's okay. <clears throat> I didn't know that, that, I mean, I guess, like, diabetes can cause you to go blind.
0: Mm-hmm, diabetes can cause you to go blind, you can lose your foot, you can... you all sorts food? of stuff.
1: And I'm call you all stumpy. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. hey, my
0: mom has diabetes. Oh, Love shit, sorry, mom.
1: Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, mom nah, she, she, she's had
0: juvenile diabetes, so. <clears throat>
1: okay okay so she knows she knows what's up
0: mm-hmm. she has her feet
1: right Yep. you said yep right not nope yes okay good because that that could have been interpreted two different ways so mm-hmm. now i'm glad i'm glad right. has her feet <laughs>
0: all right uh he explained that i need to take insulin shots with every meal that eating the wrong foods without monitoring my blood sugar could see me drop into a coma or worse then it got to my eyes angio your diabetes has resulted in ma- ma- maculopathy do you know what that is? Shook my head dumbly, already reeling with the shock of my diagnosis. And Harper, Dr. Harper went on. So, the diabetes affects the blood vessels at the back of your eye, blocking them and causing them to leak into the macula, oh, essential part of your retina that helps you perceive color and fine detail. When these blood vessels leak into the macula, it can cause significant damage. With a lump in my throat, I asked, okay, so how do we make this better? I couldn't see Harbors' face properly when he spoke, but his tone of voice was enough to tell me I'd be uh, to tell me what I'd been dreading. I'm sorry, Andrew," he replied gravely. "Perhaps if we caught this a little sooner, we might have had some treatment options available to us. But I'm afraid the damage has been pretty extensive. We can take steps to arrest the development of the condition, but I'm afraid it's irreversible."
1: So basically, it's like double whammy. Yeah, got d- guess what? Sorry, man. You got diabetes. Also, you're,
0: you're gonna go blind. blind. Right. So you're pretty pretty blind, bro.
1: So. Like on this Capri Sun, except that it's God's plan. Yeah. <laughs> like oh. Continue. I felt
0: uh, I felt as if my world had come crashing down around me. I was just 24, still at my physical peak. I was active, playing basketball and cycling a couple times a week, and then my health, my body, and my sight had been taken from me. The first six months were tough. I broke up with my girlfriend, a sweet girl called Holly, who tried to make it work but couldn't because I was so damn angry all the time. I lost my job because if there's one thing an architect needs, it's his eyes. I even fell out with a lot of my friends, making excuses to not meet, meet with them until they stopped asking. In truth, it was jealousy on my part, envy that they got to keep on living while everything I'd ever hoped for had been snatched away. I became a recluse, never leaving my apartment, barely bothering to wash, shave, or get dressed each day. I was so sure that my life was over, I stopped even trying to live it. I was an asshole. That's Um, understandable. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: It took me a long time to realize this, but in the end, it was the nurse assigned to visit me at home. A tall, no-nonsense, experienced woman called Lois, who brought this to my attention. You're an asshole, she said. (laughs) What, I gasped, shocked at her language. <laughs>
1: I love good nurses.
0: <laughs> so you've got diabetes. Do you know how many people do, she asked then. Before waiting for my answer, she continued, Do you think they all hide in their apartments, refusing to get on with their lives? Losing your vision is a terrible thing, and you do have my sympathy. But Andrew, it's no excuse to give up. But you don't, I argued, trying to defend myself. She hadn't finished. Oh. Understand, she growled. One of the bravest men I know was paralyzed from the neck down when he was just a child and he hasn't given up. You can do so much more with your life if, if you have people that want to, to help you do that, but you can't even be bothered to shave that ugly fucking beard off. Stop being a crybaby <laughs> and make like, a... I can't see. <laughs> <clears throat> I thought I looked dashing with this beard.
1: How am I going to shave my beard if I can't see, lady?
0: <laughs> Stop being a crybaby and make a fucking difference. Of course it didn't happen overnight, and I argued with her. I was furious at her blunt, her blunt insensitivity and told her to leave. I, I said I'd tell her superiors, but she laughed and told me I wouldn't. You won't because you're a smart guy and you've got too much pride for that, she said. I'll see <laughs> or, you next week.
1: Or she's like, bitch, I dare you, and then <laughs>
0: leaves. <laughs> right, do it.
1: I don't get paid enough for this.
0: That night, I shaved. <laughs> mm. I opened my curtains and actually looked around. Things were blurry, but when I really looked, I could see things scattered around my home, the mess I'd let it become. When Lois came back the following week, the place was tidy, I was clean-shaven, dressed, and even attempted to comb my hair. She didn't say anything about it, didn't mention the argument of the week before, but she took me out for coffee down the street. She guided me along the sidewalk to the coffee shop, talking to me, reassuring me. It was daunting, even though it was less than a block away, but but I felt so proud when I got there. We talked, me and Lois. I think I even laughed. Afterwards, she walked me home. When, uh, excuse me. Afterwards, she walked me home. Then, when she helped me back inside, she said, it's nice to meet you at last, Andrew. That day was the beginning of my new life. I moved to a new apartment, a ground floor place, and joined a group of other young people with visual impairments. I made friends. I got out every day, even if it was just for a short walk. But I made a point of seeing what I could of the world. I bought what I could, but the, saw, the Sawyers, the old couple that ran the local store, would bring me my groceries by once a week. Clark's a gruff old coot, so he refuses to coddle me, and he's told me that he respects me for being like I am, for maintaining my independence, for not giving up. From a guy like him, that's one of the sweetest things I've ever heard. Things were going so well, and then one year, it started. God, God, God. What started?
1: Well, we're about to find out.
0: I gotta scroll past the ads. Sorry, everybody.
1: Yeah, but no, we got a good setup here. We man we, we had some shit happen to us. We're now like, hey, we're gonna look at that. A good montage, we're getting our shit back together through a sassy <laughs> and strong nurse who isn't gonna take our bullshit. So let's see how this falls apart.
0: The nurse is gonna be the first one to die but no. now.
1: Actually, I got some theories, but we'll see. I don't wanna spoil it. <laughs> All
0: right. I walked into my living room, a mug of coffee in my hand, and I saw a Victorian funeral carriage stood right there on my rug, complete with two huge, proud horses in a full livery, adorned with long black plums in their bri- brittles? Bridles?
1: Bridles, I think, yeah.
0: They stood perfectly still while the driver, a small bearded man in a period costume and a top hat, fidgeted with the reins and peered at me expectantly. Bizarrely, they were far clearer than the usual blurry shapes that I could see. I damn near pissed my pants.
1: Also, I just gotta say, little jealousy—he has an apartment to where that could all fit inside it. <laughs> yeah,
0: no shit. Like, dang, dude. All right, so now I'm thinking death is coming for him. And you can see death.
1: We'll see. We'll see. We'll mm. see. We'll see. We'll
0: see. Have you ever seen the Ballad of Buster Scruggs? Yee,
1: is that the one that's on Netflix? And it's kind of like a vignette thing.
0: It's like six different western
1: stories that was good i've seen that
0: well because you know they had the one carriage that was like the carriage to the afterlife yes
1: i like that story no spoilers though
0: which one was your favorite story
1: actually that one probably was my favorite Uh, (sighs) no spoilers we want people to watch it
0: no i know i'm not gonna spoil anything my favorite one was either the gold miner
1: that was a good one
0: or the the circus act
1: Yeah, that was good, too. But no, also the the carriage one was my favorite.
0: Yeah, the carriage one was good. Mm. All right.
1: (laughs) Sorry, back to to the story. Uh,
0: I, I dropped the cup, spilling scalding hot coffee over my bare feet, jumping backwards with a cry of pain and alarm. When I turned my attention to the horses and carriage back in the room, they were gone. At that moment, I was wondering if I was going mad. Apparently, most of us do, which is understandable. How would you feel if you'd seen the exact same sight in your home? Unless you jacked the Ripper, I imagine many of you do not have a... A coach and horses just lying around. Okay, come on. I, I don't
1: think I don't think Jack the Ripper had that in his in his home.
0: Like I think they're just using that as an example.
1: Yeah, it looks like you're 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 just total weirdo. Also, I'd say, oh shit, this coffee must be drugged, and I'm and I'm somehow
0: hallucinating. Right. I don't know. Like the Jack the Ripper thing just pissed me off.
1: It's okay. We can we can push through it. Push through it
0: <clears throat> All right. Eventually, after much quiet swearing to myself and more than a little self delusion, I managed to convince myself that I had not seen what I thought I had, that I was merely a very vivid daydream. This seemed to work and I got on with living even if I entered the, that same room a little more cautiously in the days that followed. Finally, I forgot about it. Two weeks later I saw a giant floating swirling orange ball in the bat in my bathroom.
1: I damn near pissed I myself it.
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was looking in the toilet, and it was weird.
1: Like, ah, oh, damn it. that a weird BM.
0: Right. All right. <laughs> mm. uh, I stood staring out at it, this bizarre rotating, levitating globe that was a little larger than a beach ball hanging in midair over my tub, open mouth for a full ten seconds before finally screwing my eyelids tightly closed and whispering to myself, that isn't there, that isn't there. After five seconds, I opened my eyes again, it wasn't there. Whoa. <laughs> Have you ever... Have you ever had cause to doubt your own sanity, to wonder whether or not you perceive is truly there, or if your mind has betrayed you? Honestly, compared to the loss of my vision, the prospect of losing my wits was so much more terrifying. I fought against adversity and took pride in the fact that I am not just a survivor, but somebody who is living his own life. How could I do that if I was insane? I barely slept that night and I remained jumpy for for days afterwards. Any side of movement or any unfamiliar shape would set my pulse racing, would cause me to doubt whether it was truly there. It was the toughest time I'd ever been through. Worse even than that time after I was diagnosed with diabetes. <laughs> hey, remember that time I was diagnosed with diabetes earlier in the story? That really sucked. <laughs>
1: that really sucked, man. I just want um, to remind you guys.
0: <laughs> At least when Dr. Harford told me about the diabetes, I had a definitive... U- Definitive prognosis. I was given facts by a medical professional. My my affliction was physical, it had a name, and most important, it had a treatment plan. This was something else. My own mind is t- at turned. What the fuck is this sense? My own mind at turned against me.
1: Had maybe? And they, m- this
0: typo? Yeah, my own mind had, to, yeah, that makes more sense. My own mind had turned against me. My senses and perception of reality have become twisted and unreliable. It's only when you're in that position that you realize just how terrifying it is. Your senses and the way of your brain interprets them are your only true defenses against danger. You perceive danger and you avoid it, preventing your body from becoming harmed. But what happens when you can't trust your perception to alert you to dangers that are truly there? Lois picked up on the problem first, noticing my skittish manner. She asked what was wrong, if I needed to talk about it, but I told her no. I was fine, but I hadn't been sleeping well. That last part was true. I hadn't been able to sleep a wink. Just the very thought of being institutionalized, spending the rest of my days as a dated blue pajamas-clad zombie in a white room with only the echoing cries. Which actually,
1: like- I must add, though, mental institutions aren't like that. They're actually way more chill. Apparently, if my stories told to me by my friends who've actually uh, had, you know, I like as I like to call it, a vacation there.
0: Right, they were forced to go there, my loved ones.
1: Well, no, they they both checked themselves in due to deteriorating mental health, but they were like, oh, I think I just need to go hang out here and chill for a sec. Well, they actually had a good time. Good on them. Yeah, yeah, man. Mental health. But continue. We were doing this, like, that's has to be for dramatic effect. Uh,
0: What was the alternative? Live life as a risk to myself and others? Ultimately, I did the smart thing. I'm adding that in. I chose to ignore it. (laughs)
1: Dumbass.
0: (laughs) I reasoned that if I was able to function around other people without them, realizing what was going on, that was good enough. Come on, people. A full month passed before the next incident, and I really did think that maybe i put this whole mess behind me. With every passing day, my confidence had grown. So that Wednesday morning, I'd stepped out onto the sunny street feeling pretty carefree. Each Wednesday, I treat myself to a latte down at Joe's, the same coffee shop that I visited with Lois. It was a custom that gave me a great deal of pleasure. One that had seen me forge friendships with regulars, with with regulars as well as the staff, including Joe himself. <laughs> mm. uh, as I made my way down the street, white-sticking hand, I glanced about me, taking in the colors and shapes of the world around me. I enjoyed the feel of the sun on my face and the sounds of the birds singing. It was a good day. Then I saw them. Oh, no. A party of pilgrims. Six of them. All dressed in settler-era attire, sitting cross-legged on the asphalt. They didn't look at me. Instead, they were engaged in a heated, yet strangely silent conversation.
1: Goddamn Puritans. Get off my lawn.
0: I froze, staring at them. Still, they argued gesticulating furiously at one another. However, I couldn't hear their angry voices, despite the fact that, judging by their ill temperament, they must have been screaming at one another. Paralyzed by shock, the white stick fell from my numb fingers, clattering under the sidewalk. I turned to leave, desperate to flee from the haunting sight of the colonists in the road, but I was so panicked in such a hurry that I stepped on my cane. It rolled under my foot, but before I knew it, I pitched over, tumbling to the hard ground below. I didn't quite break my fall in time, banging my cheek hard on the floor and skinning my palms. I heard a cry from a passerby, a friendly, concerned woman who rushed to my side. She knelt beside me, helping me up, applying the Kleenex to my throbbing cheek, which she informed me was now bleeding. I tried to tell her that I was okay, there was nothing to worry about, but this good Samaritan insisted on driving me to Dr. Harper's office to get my injuries looked at. Now I think back to it, I'm pretty sure that she knew my obvious distress was nothing to do with the fall. At the time, I was embarrassed and angry, but now I realize I owe her a debt of gratitude. Without her intervention, I don't know how much longer this would have gone on before I cracked up and ended in an asylum after breaking down through sheer stress. Andrew, why didn't you tell me what happened? Dr. Harper asked, gently dabbing at my cheek with disinfectant. I explained that I just lost my balance and that no harm was done, but I think he saw through my feeble protestations to my underlying agitation. He didn't press or force the matter. He simply asked what might have caused my clumsiness. Then he asked how I'd been as of late. When I'd finished mumbling my way through the most non-committal answer I could muster, he placed a gentle, reassuring hand on my shoulder. Andrew, he repeated, why don't you tell me what happened? I burst into tears. I told him I was scared. How I'd thought so hard for my independence and now I knew it was being taken from me. He listened patiently and then asked me to tell him why I ever thought that. I paused then, took a deep breath and thought about it. This was the point of no return, but really, what other option did I have? So with tears running down my cheeks, I told Dr. Harper everything. I told him about the horse and the carriage, the orange globe and the pilgrims. I told him how I'd been living each day in fear, how I was terrified that I was losing my mind. Dr. Harper thought for a while and then he said, Andrew, I don't think you're losing your mind. The sense of relief at that moment was so powerful it overwhelmed me, rendering me speechless. You said that even though you've seen these things, you've never heard any noise from them? Have you detected any odors or experienced any other physical sensations such as touching them? I shook my head no. He patted my shoulder once again. Andrew, have you heard of Charles Bonnet syndrome? he asked. Charles Bonnet? who? I asked, confused by the sudden unexpected turn of conversation. Okay, let me explain, doctor Harper said kindly. Charles Bonnet was a Swiss was a Swiss naturalist who was born in the seventeen hundreds. He discovered a curious condition in his elderly grandfather who was nearly completely blind to his, bleh, who was nearly completely blind due to his cataracts. The old man regularly experienced visual hallucinations. Including random patterns and even people and places, sound familiar? Yes, I replied, still confused. Am, am I suffering from dementia? Oh, come on, bro. He just told you what you're suffering from. Yeah. <laughs> you have cancer. Writing's, writing's hard. <laughs> you have cancer. Are, are you saying I have AIDS? No. <laughs> like... It's like cancer, <laughs>
1: dude. <AIDS? Ugh. sighs> yeah, okay. No, it's
0: no, Andrew. true. Not at all, Dr. Harper reassured me. Do you know how perception works? In layman's terms, your eyes take in light via the iris and pupil, which is then processed via the retina and translated into electric signal- signals, which are decoded by the brain, which simply organizes these signals into a recognizable image with, and they said, with me so far? I nodded, finally mm-hmm. starting to understand, which <clears throat> he didn't explain anything yet, you fuck. He's
1: like, yeah, you know how eyes just work? <laughs>
0: I do so, know how eyes work. Mine oh, don't. Oh, thank God.
1: Yeah, now, mine are busted.
0: <laughs> when the retina becomes damaged, such as those that have undergone... Ma- See, he tries to use these big words when he's spelling them wrong.
1: It's okay. He, he probably copied and pasted it from Wikipedia.
0: When the retina becomes damaged, such as those that have undergone macular
1: degeneration, mm-hmm.
0: those signals become warped and jumbled. Dr. Harper went on, the brain still receives them, so it does its job, translating these distorted signals into an image It kind of fills in the gaps for you. Sometimes it fills these gaps with colors, patterns, creatures, and places that aren't present. And this is called Charles Bonnet Syndrome. I nearly wept with relief. So I'm not mad? I cried. I'm not mad! Yeah, no you're not. It's all good.
1: He's got phantom eye syndrome.
0: Right, not at all. The doctor replied, "This is an entirely physical condition. Your mind is in full working order. If you were suffering any form of mental illness, your delusions wouldn't be limited to just the one sense. You'd hear these interlopers, smell them, even feel them. This is a condition solely related to your eyes, not your brain." <clears throat> That's still be trippy as fuck.
1: Yeah, but I think like once you got used to it, you'd be like, mm. ah. <laughs> It's my old eyes. It's getting really creative again with the vision. I'm
0: having a vision, guys.
1: I'm I'm, I'm having a vision.
0: As I left Dr. Harper's office, I felt as if a weight had been lifted from my shoulders. Sure, my vision was still an issue, but now I knew it was the only problem with my eyes, not my mind. I knew I could handle the situation. I was ready to face the world again. Since then, I've seen plenty of weird visions. I saw a huge waterfall in the park, complete with a hazy mist and butterflies flittering about it. Saw a Native American warrior complete with a huge feather headdress sitting at the stool at the counter in the coffee shop. I saw it an intricate...
1: Really fun. Huh? It sounds like it's all kind of fun once you know
0: what's going on. Right. I saw an intricate and quite pos- impossible structure of scaffolding crisscrossing the entire front of my apartment block. Hell, on the 4th of July last year... I even saw a great swooping green dragon in the sky, twisting and cavorting through the air overhead. Dope. Alright, come on, Creepypasta. When's it getting creepy?
1: All... Go... We'll, we'll see. Let's see what happens.
0: Oh, I think it's about to happen, actually.
1: Ooh, All... yes!
0: <laughs> All looked utterly and completely real, yet now I knew they were simply tricks of the eye. They were no longer disturbing. In fact, I actually came to quite enjoy them even looking that, at them as unique and entertaining little shows or works of art that existed purely for my pleasure and nobody else's. I came to welcome them. Not a month ago, I saw her. Dun, dun, dun,
1: dun. Uh-oh.
0: It was nighttime. Uh-oh. It's always nighttime when I see her, and I was just getting ready for bed. I walked into the kitchen to get myself a glass of water and actually cried out an alarm when I spotted the figure in the corner. She was tall, by far the tallest woman I'd ever seen, and even, and even though she stood hunched, she still had at least six inches on me. I was used to seeing characters in dated and bizarre dress, but this was different somehow, and didn't seem like an outfit from any one time, instead a bizarre mishmash of items. She wore a tuxedo jacket, figure-hugging in black, tailored to the female body shape, or a dirty old ruffled dress shirt to complete the asable, she wore a bright red bow tie. So that's just, okay. Alright. On okay. her hands, on her hands, which she held out to either side as if shrugging or feeling for rain, she wore dirty white gloves. Her fingers were disproportionately long, almost spidery, and occasionally they twitched as if she longed yeah. <laughs> as if she longed to grip and squeeze something in them. On her no. lower... <laughs> On her lower yes, half, fuck,
1: it's mine.
0: She she wore shorts, the same crimson as her bow tie, over opaque black nylons. Her legs were long, lithe, attractive. If if the tr- truth be told, the legs of a dancer. So, so
1: he's, like, he, he's like he's I'm like your not, top your top her. half is
0: fucked up. I'm like I'm digging this bottom half. <laughs> I
1: like what you're doing with the bottom half. I'm like I'm like mm, it sounds like.
0: Did That's we just find
1: like out what type of lady this guy likes? He's like, I like them looking like a street person, but then they have legs for days.
0: <laughs> she, also wore, <clears throat> she also wore red heels, the same hue as her shorts and bow tie, but they sparkled and shimmered, bringing to mind Judy Garland's ruby slippers from The Wizard of Oz. As strange as this ensemble was, I couldn't tear my eyes from her face. Most of it was obscured by a jaunty bowler hat, tipped and tilted to hide her eyes and nose. Overneath the brim of the hat, I could see the deathly pale skin of her face and a grin that sent shivers down my spine. It was wide, too wide, with entirely too many teeth. A smile is meant to be an expression of warmth. it's meant to feel welcoming and benevolent, but the look of this woman's face oozed malice and felt much like the sort of glee I'd expect from a snake as it corners a rat.
1: I've never wanted to fuck anyone more than that lady in that moment.
0: <laughs> Jesus.
1: Sorry, Justin. Oh,
0: snap. <laughs> However, the thing that startled me most was that she had a third arm sprouting from her back. Curled up. Oh,
1: over... Okay. That's a claw <laughs> twist. Alright.
0: Curled up and over her head like a scorpion's tail. It was longer than any arm should be, and the hand is only three fingers like a claw. It was pointing straight at me as and as I swore in dismay I stumbled sideways, it seemed to track my movement.
1: Mm-hmm. I... Okay.
0: <laughs> and the story just took a turn.
1: It's just, yeah, it's, he's getting real creative.
0: I stood staring at the creepy figure for a few seconds, trying to get my head around the situation. She just stood there in the corner, grinning back. Finally, I realized that this was just another one of my hallucinations and breathed an audible sigh of relief. One of the tricks I picked up over the months of suffering from Charles Monet syndrome is to break the line of vision toward whichever stimulus is causing my brain to interpret the images into the hallucination, think of it like resetting a faulty computer. How refreshing the system debugs it. To this end, I close my eyes and count to five. But when I reopen it, when I reopen them, the hallucination is gone. So, as I stared at the horrifying malformed figure in my kitchen, I knew that to make this image go away, I simply had to close my eyes. I'll be honest here: when I counted to five, I hesitated a little before opening my eyes. I'd opened my eyes and she'd still been stood there, smiling that wicked smile at me. I think I might have had a heart attack. She wasn't. I breathed a, lo- another long sigh of relief, fetched my glass of water, and went back to bed. <clears throat> the tall woman haunted my thoughts in the days after I saw her. She was different from the other visions i had had. Somehow she felt <laughs> not
1: like other girls.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she was special. Hashtag not
1: like other girls. She was special. <laughs>
0: It was this agitation that my buddy Jason picked up on when we met for lunch the following Friday. Jason was one of those same friends I tried to drive away shortly after I lost my vision, yet he refused to give up on me, continuing to get in touch week after week. Good friends are hard to come by, but great friends, the ones who will be by your side for life, are even rarer. Jason, God bless his kind heart, is one of the latter. Uh-oh, is he gonna die?
1: Mm-mm. Sounds like it. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You gotta tell. Right. I
0: mean, Jason's a throwaway character now. He just put. Yeah. You just got here,
1: so chances are. You gotta tell me what's going on. They might
0: uh, give a plot twist. You gotta tell me what's going on, dude. He said as we sat down over pizza. Oh my god, it's a Ninja Turtle. What do you mean? I asked, trying to brush it off. Oh man. You're so distracted. It's like you're looking for something in here all the time. You've eaten like one slice of pizza in the time it's taken me to eat four. So I repeat, you've got to tell me what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm trying to keep it to a minimum. So I repeat, you've got to tell me what's going on, Jason said, waving a slice of pizza around for emphasis. It's nothing, I replied, feeling a little stupid. I just had a hallucination a couple of nights ago that really got to me. I thought you were cool with those now, he asked, putting this pizza slice down. Bruh. <laughs> yeah, I am. I mean, I was, but this is different, I replied. Resigned to talking about it. She scared me. She, Jason asked, his interest clearly piqued. Tell me about her. Did she have sweet legs, bro? No. <laughs> yeah,
1: did you get stuck in base, bro?
0: All right. So I did. I described the tall woman and how she'd appeared to me. I explained that unlike any of my other hallucinations, she felt more real and that she was the first to feature such a weird, unsettling mutation. Sure, I'd seen smaller versions of people in the past, a phenomenon referred to as Lil... lil, Oh my god. Liliputian by medical professionals. But the extra appendage and impossible distorted face was something I had yet to encounter thus far. I think it was that. Combined with the unnerving expectant expect, Oh my god. Combined with the unnerving, expectant stance that had disturbed me the most. So, Jason said after I'd finished, you say she had great legs. Wait, seriously, that's in the story? Yes.
1: Well I I thought we were goofing.
0: Shut up, you asshole, I laughed, throwing my napkin at him. Fuck. Why'd he I pick this story?
1: <laughs> No, no, no. I'm, I'm loving this. I'm loving this. It's also yeah. like, I'm pretty sure it's like, going to get real. It gets very real like fast. it's going
0: to be super creepy and then it's, it's fucking, it. And it gets fucking stupid. And then you're like, okay, uh, no, stupid again. All right, here No, we go. you know
1: what? We're all in this together now.
0: So, no. <clears throat> no, seriously, I get it, man. Jason replied, passing the napkin back to me. If I walked into a room and a giant Newton was waiting for, uh, for me, I'd scare the shit out of me, too. But you know what caused you to see this? It's like the coachman and that waterfall you saw. It's a condition that you know you have, and it's one that you know how to deal with. Okay? I know. I know. Replied. I replied. Thanks, man. You're right. God, this is is such bro talk. I did feel better too, so I smiled at him, took a big bite of my pizza, and changed the subject, asking him about his psycho acts. Conversation he was all too happy to dive into.
1: Rag on a girl that was probably not that great, too. Right. That's a a sidebar nation for a different story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The next time I saw the woman, just under a week later, I was brushing my teeth. I I stood at the wash basin, brushing away when I spotted a figure in the mirror. She was out in the dark hallway, peeking around the door behind me. That same sinister grin I'd seen before stretched her narrow face into a distorted grimace. The dirty bowler hat pushed down over her eyes once again. One of those three long spidery hands gripped the door frame. As crazy as this sounds, felt like she was trying to avoid being spotted. I cried out, spitting toothpaste foam all over the mirror, my toothbrush clattering into the basin. Yeah, that would scare me too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I spun around, my heart thumping in my chest my breathing ragged in my throat. She wasn't there. Of course, she wasn't. The doorway was empty. I tiptoed forward hesitantly, trying to look around the doorframe into the hallway without actually sticking my neck out into its shadowy confines. The seconds ticked. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the seconds ticked by as I drew closer and closer. I couldn't see anything. So finally, with a whisper of self-affirmation, I stepped out of the bathroom. The hallway was empty, as was the rest of my apartment. I was shaking again. This was the first time I'd seen a hallucination in a reflection I wasn't even sure that I actually seen it now as I sit here writing this knowing what would follow I think I thought like that oh my god I think I thought like that to try and protect myself to shield myself from the truth I was an idiot oh no a full Forge night passed without incident This this guy's writing is all... I'm sorry, but this writing's all over the place. Eh,
1: it's okay. It's an English... It's like an English major. It's all good.
0: Yeah, like he thinks he's being super deep.
1: Yeah, it's all right. You know, he's got a creative thing going. We'll see. we'll, We'll see where he takes us on this journey.
0: A full fortnight passed without incident. Sure, I saw a flash of color one day, a dancing yellow lightning bolt that zigzagged back and forth on the street outside my apartment. But that was exactly the sort of thing that I'd come to expect from my condition. It was exciting, otherworldly, but it wasn't scary. Not like she was. In retrospect, that fortnight was blissful. It was a reminder of what life could it could be like. The existence that I'd carved out for myself since my since my diagnosis. Life was good. The night that changed the way I viewed the tall woman last night, I'd been out and I had a couple of drinks. I'd met the other guys with visual impairment for dinner and we'd ended up at, the, at a bar afterwards. I wasn't hammered but we got through plenty of beer between us, and by the time I had stepped out onto the cool night air, I felt decidedly light-headed. It took me a while to make it home, laughing and talking to a couple of the other guys from our group as we strolled along, it had been a great evening. It's probably the last truly good one I'll ever have. I bid the other guys goodnight and fumbled with my key, let myself in. With swaying steps, I strolled into my hallway, slamming the door a little too loudly behind me. I took my off my jacket hung on the hook by the door, and then hit the light switch. She was waiting at the end of the hallway, all three hands aloft in the claws, reaching for me, that same maddening, that same maddening, malevolent grin on her pale face. (sighs) I swore again, louder than ever, actually jumping back a step, recoiling from the impossibly tall and terrifying figure and weight in my own home. The tall woman didn't move. She just stood there, staring and smiling at me. I stared back, but I, did, well, I sure as hell didn't smile. Jesus Christ, I muttered under my breath. You know how you can feel a little paranoid after a few beers? That feeling of nonspecific post-alcohol drive? Imagine that combined with a giant green mutant woman suddenly appearing in your home. Suffice it to say, I was very, very, very uncool. <clears throat> I don't need She's this.
1: She's like, so late. Who is she? Right. <laughs>
0: I don't need this. I sighed and closed my eyes. One, two, three, four, five. When I opened my eyes, her face was just a foot from my own, grinning wider than ever. Ah. <laughs> she dashed the length of the hallway and was now and was now stood so close that her face grasping arms were either side of me, her fingers twitching, clawing at the air on my face. I could see her chest heaving as if it were actually laughing silently at my attempts to dismiss her as if the thought that I could ever be free of her was amusing. I screamed a full-bodied shriek of terror and actually dropped to my knees, covering my head as if to fend off an expected blow. It never came. Finally, I lowered my, my hands, grasping for breath, shaking. The hallway was empty, the tall woman nowhere to be seen. Stayed there, on my, <laughs> Stayed there on my knees for a moment, gasping for breath. Then I was on my feet and turned and ran out of the apartment, out of the building and into the street. I stood there, shivering, terrified, beyond reason, without a clue as to what to do next. Finally, I pulled my phone from my pocket and made a phone call. Hey, Andy, what's up? Jason asked. Jason, I need you to come here, I said, sobbing. Jason didn't ask why, didn't complain, Instead, he simply replied, I'm on my way. Less than 20 minutes later, his car pulled up outside, and he dashed over to the steps outside my building where I was sitting, shivering. Threw his jacket around my shoulders and asked, what happened? His voice filled with concern. She's in there, I stammered. A tall woman, she's back. Okay, okay, he said gently, helping me to my feet. Come on, man, let's go in there and check it out. I wish I could say that I was brave when he went inside, but I'd be lying. I cowered behind Jason one hand on his shoulder as we made our way through my home. Of course, we didn't find a thing. We're talking about a giant mutant woman with a pokey little one- In a pokey little one-bed apartment. Where the hell was she going to hide? Finally, after we checked every single room twice, I had to admit that she was gone. I'm so sorry, man, I apologize, feeling genuinely, genuinely stupid. I got scared, and I'm sorry, man. Hey, forget it, buddy, Jason said. So I'm here now. Where do you keep your booze? Half a bottle. <clears throat> Jason's about to die, I bet. Half uh, a bottle of... Oh, yeah, of
1: like... Mm, mm. Mm, horror story rules, man. Horror story rules.
0: Yep, because now he's drunk, and he's at the he's house.
1: About to, he's
0: about to bite it, yeah. Half a bottle of bourbon later. We were both feeling pretty talkative. She's, you know, just kind of different, you know. I tried to explain. I get it, I get it, he said. It's like you saw something bad, and you feel bad, and that's bad. He didn't get it. (laughs) No, she's different, you know, I explained. I've never had a repeat hallucination before, and they've never been scary, you know? She's not like the others. Dude, Jason said, taking another sip of bourbon. You've got, like, Charlie Boney syndrome, and you know that makes you see shit, so... He waved his hand in the air like a magician who just performed a trick. I know, I know, I replied. No, listen, Andy, he said. You know it makes you see shit. It's just your eyes, yeah? I didn't hear any- you didn't hear anything? You didn't feel anything? This is how that stuff goes. It's your eyes. I know it's scary, man, but you've been through like hell and high water in your life so far. You're tough. One of the toughest, bravest guys I know, and you can handle some creepy hallucination, bitch. I laughed. I couldn't help it. She's a very creepy hallucination bitch, though, dude. (laughs) He laughed, too, and we both took a drink. You know, that could help, he said finally, his voice thoughtful. What, drinking, I asked? No. Well, yes, it does, he giggled. I mean, like, demystifying her, you should give her a name, something stupid, so she's not scary. I've got to say say that as much as I like creepy hallucination, bitch. That's a mouthful, I laughed. Yeah, I've got to say, is that what But Yeah, okay. God, this guy. <laughs> this
1: guy. You paraphrase, man. Okay.
0: Well, he's not spelling his sentences properly. Yeah, I get that, he replied. Suddenly something he'd said come back to me. How about Helen, I suggested. Helen Highwater. Uh, oh, because he'd been through Helen High... Okay, all right. <laughs> oh, there you go,
1: there you go. We're all time yeah. back to it now.
0: Awesome, he said, then raised his glass. Here's the Helen, buddy. So Helen and I smiled and drained my glass. Jason spent the night myself up mainly because he'd had too much to drink to even think about getting behind the wheel of a vehicle. But honestly, I think the reason he drank so much was so he'd have an excuse to stay and keep an eye on me. I'm glad he did. Knowing that he was there made me feel even safer, and I was able to get some sleep. It gave me a sense of security to know how, and to know that the strange vision I just christened Helen was to appear again. I'll be able to call on him for support. This morning, we both needed support. Feels like a mule kicked me in the head, he groaned when I made my way into the living room. Yep, I replied, my own head thumping. Joe's? Question mark? Excuse Oh, the coffee place. Joe's, he replied firmly, staggering to his feet. As we drank strong black coffee and ate muffins, we didn't talk much. Finally, Jason broke the silence. So you feel cool now? He asked, his mouth still full of blueberry muffin. I nodded. Yeah, I think so. Finally, Jason broke the silence. So you feel cool now, he asked, his mouth still full of blueberry muffin. I nodded. Yeah, I think so. Not still freaked out about you-know-who, he asked. Helen, I replied with a smile. No, I really don't think I am. I reckon I can handle some creepy hallucination, bitch. Good, he laughed, giving me a hearty pat on the back. That's cool, man. I bet you can. Now as I sit cowering in my bathroom, too scared to go out into my apartment. I know we were both wrong about everything. Remember how earlier I told you that the thought of being institutionalized, that the very idea of losing my grasp on reality, was the most terrifying thing I could imagine? Now I'd welcome that, because the alternative is far, far worse. After breakfast, I said goodbye to Jason, and he climbed into his car and drove away. The day passed without incident, and when Lois stopped by this afternoon, she even commented on how upbeat I seemed. (laughs) You got a lady in your life, she asked casually? Oh, God, what? <laughs> I laughed at that, wondering what she'd think if she knew the truth. Yeah, I chuckled. Something like that. Good for you, she snipped. You make sure you treat her right. That even tickled me more, and I had to bite my lip. Sure, I replied. I'll do my best. Tonight, still a little wiped from the exertions of my previous evening, I decided to turn in early, Brushed my teeth, washed my hands and face, and got changed. Finally, I fetched a glass of water and walked to my bedroom. I climbed into bed and instantly felt so so relaxed. Within mere seconds I was ready for sleep. That sudden overwhelming drowsiness that comes over you spent a whole day Oh my god. That sudden overwhelming drowsiness that comes when you've spent a whole day keeping sleep at bay. <clears throat> I decided that resistance was futile and sat up to switch off the light. I nearly didn't see her, but as I reached for the switch I caught a glimpse of something out of the corner of my eye. My heart leaped into my throat as I turned to the foot of my bed. The tall woman was crouching there, her grinning face staring at me from just beyond my feet. So many teeth. Her long, slender fingers spread out over my blanket, twitching slightly as she gripped the end of my bed. Slowly, excruciatingly so, her third misshapen arm came into view over her shoulder, joining her other hands on my bedding. I froze, utterly petrified. I was at a crossroads here arriving at a pivotal moment that had been coming for some time. Well, this time I'd had enough. You don't scare me anymore, I said, my voice filled with defiance and anger. I'm not letting you do this to me. I reached across the light switch. Good night, Helen, I said triumphantly, then flicked it, plunging the room into darkness. I laid there, a sense of tremendous uh-huh. <clears throat> pride surging through me, and I grinned to myself in my warm, comfortable bed, overjoyed at the emotional victory of overcoming my own fear. And then it happened. The thing that led me here... Something that turned my blood ice, water, and my bowls to jelly. Good night, Andrew. Her raspy voice hissed from the darkness. (gasps) (laughs) Ooh,
1: Night, babe.
0: So, I mean, it wasn't a horrible story. It definitely could have been written a little (laughs) bit better.
1: Yeah, actually, okay. So, I have a good, good hypothesis about who wrote that. I want to say someone who's probably either late high school, early college, and female.
0: He was a female?
1: Oh, yeah, because guys don't hang out like that.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, so so, so, like so that, was a, that was a woman writing how she thinks oh, guys yeah, talk yeah, to each yeah, other?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much like you can always tell, how, like, if it's a male writer, depending on how they, like, uh, describe how women hang out or how women behave. Because right. none mm-hmm. of that is how guys behave. But it's okay. <laughs> actually, well, honestly, like, hey, if that's true, and it's, it's like, someone who's very young, actually, that's, that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, you I' know, it's like, you know, not to knock it. Because, you know, I probably, couldn't, I probably couldn't write something like that if I was in high school.
0: I, mean, I had a friend who wrote a book in high school, but I mean, I couldn't write something like this.
1: Yeah, there you go. So that's my hypothesis. I'm like, this is clearly someone who doesn't <laughs> hang out with adult men often. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> so, horrible. It wasn't a horrible yeah. story. Uh, there, there,
1: there's some, uh, as someone who is very nerdy in that age range, I can tell some of the common tropes that are used in fan fiction are used in that story as well which has been a lot of fun it's fun to listen to it Mm -hmm. like mouthful of a blueberry muffin oh
0: yeah exactly i was like oh blueberry muffin because you know
1: yeah 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 not bad not bad that's that's pretty fun okay so i guess i'll wrap us up with a uh not not nearly as long tale
0: My bad, I didn't realize how long it was actually going to be. It's
1: our team. That's all Wait, right. It's our extra long,
0: spooky again. Halloween sure. episode.
1: Spooky Halloween. Also, we were in it together. We experienced that story together as a team. You know, that <clears> was good. <throat> actually, I was thinking the entire time too. I'm like, you know, it could be fun. We don't have a good idea of what to do for like, something that we, you know, if we want to take a break off of Murder one week.
0: Just read pastas. We,
1: we could read bad creepy pastas.
0: Yeah, I know. Like, I was actually thinking that while I was reading it.
1: <laughs> that could be fun. That could be fun. All right. So, again, we're going back to Reddit, Let's Not Meet. And I'm not going to put the title of the, of the story because it, it gives it away. But this is from a user known as, yep, it's Kate. So.
0: <laughs> this, this is called, My Dick Got Cut Off By My Crazy Axe.
1: <laughs> yeah, my dick got cut off by my crazy axe and thrown out the window. Anyway, Guess what so. happens. in 2006, I was a college student at ASU. I lived off cam- off in an off-campus apartment on the ground floor Oof. as a woman that's terrifying. The ground and floor is terrifying? A- oh, it is. God. Yeah, because, like, dude, there's been so many cases of people, like, breaking in and, like, raping ladies that live
0: on the Oh, floor. my God. After your story, I got a little boy ghost story to tell you.
1: Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. <clears throat> I'm going to finish this up real quick. And it was a block off a major street here in Phoenix called Baseline. These details are important. In the summer of 2006, Phoenix, Arizona was plagued by two serial killers. One was called the Phoenix Shooter, which ended up being a team of two guys randomly shooting people. And the other was the Baseline Killer, a rapist and murderer. Having two serial killers put the entire city on edge, and everyone was talking about it. I even saw articles in the Times or Newsweek about the situation. So, fall of uh, 2006, semester had just started. Now, you may have heard this, but Phoenix is hot in August. I would assume so. It would be stuffy in my apartment, so I decided to leave the window cracked a little be- uh, because the morning air is so nice. The blinds provided a visual cover. Anyways, one morning, a strange sound woke me up. It was the crack of dawn about 4.45 a.m., and someone was just barely coming up. It was the sound of someone lightly tapping on the window, Mm-mm. and it seemed intentional. In my tired state, I figured it could be a bird or some branches or something very trivial. Tap, tap, tap. Silence. After about 90 seconds of nothing, the tapping returned. And it was absolutely perciful, uh, purposeful. I was positive it was a human producing this noise. I thought it was my boyfriend, who thought it was cute to try to scare me sometimes. I decided to be a bit of a brat and make him wait, but I also was getting very angry. How dare he try to pull a prank on me while I'm trying to sleep? This is so like him. I'm going to give him a piece of my mind about disturbing my sleep like this. Tap, tap, tap. At a certain point, I got up to get a glass of water, still being in the mindset of, of wanting to annoy my stupid boyfriend who thought this would be funny. But I saw some movement through the slit in the blinds, and I marched over and yanked the blinds so I could see. Definitely not my boyfriend. I very loudly said, what the fuck? And he sort of seemed <laughs> to be in anger, but only slightly. The man I saw would be with me forever. More specifically, his eyes and the feeling he gave me were insanely creepy. Honestly, words cannot do justice on how terrifying his eyes were. He looked like black orbs with no white in them. Absolutely predatory. When I see pictures of Ted Bundy or Charles Manson, that's exactly what he looked like. Even if you saw a picture of how he looked, it's different as you experience it in person. It totally floored me. Uh, something about this man was profoundly wrong. He crouched down like an umpire. He had on p- dark pants, a dark purple shirt, a dark Nike hat. He had darker skin. I thought he was Hispanic, but later found out he was just a light-skinned black guy. You'll know how I found out his name later. Thanks, author. That was good. <laughs> Anyways, I yelled, what the fuck, at him? And he whispers to me, hey, can I, ta- can I talk to you? <laughs> if you want to know how insanely creepy that is to hear, just whisper that sentence out loud to yourself right now. It sends chills down my spine when I think of how that sounded. His hands abruptly moved towards his waist. Later, I learned that he would blitz attack his victims and he probably had a gun. All that separated us was a mesh screen. Now, this is about a three-second interaction at this point. For some reason, I thought, uh, I thought of Ted Bundy and how he would pretend to be a crippled target to his victim. I thought of my mom telling me not to be nice to strangers, don't be afraid to be a bitch. My thinking wasn't as calculated as all that, but it was more of a nano processing of how to deal with the situation. So when he whispered that, I started yelling at him, Hell no, get the fuck out of here, douchebag! So I shut the window angrily and locked it. I can't um, uh, overemphasize how incredibly irritated I was that this person had the audacity to disturb my precious sleep. I laid back down and wondered if I had been too mean. What if he actually needed help? But that didn't really make sense. Why would he be, like, tapping and whispering if he was truly in trouble? I decided he was a creep after all. I was too annoyed to go back to sleep. I sort of just laid back down.
0: I told my roommate Wait, about
1: an hour. Oops, so she no. didn't
0: decide to call the cops? No. What is it with these people fucking... Remember that, that, that one know. story? Oh, Where yeah, the- that one girl got murdered? And, like, the guy was in the neighbor's house?
1: Yeah, and, like, nobody called... Yes, yes, that's, like, one of the ones, like, I did, like, a while ago. Shit. Yeah, no, I'm so surprised that... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, let's finish up the story, cause it's not much longer. I told my roommate about an hour later, and she sort of jokingly asked if it could have been the baseline killer. <laughs> when she said that, my heart sank. His face looked exactly like it did on the police sketches that were on billboards everywhere. The only problem is that the billboards showed him with dreads. The man at my window had no dreads. Apparently, he was some sort of disguise artist who'd wear wigs. Uh, updating the police sketch would have been a nice move, but okay. I called the Phoenix police. Got she did call later. And the detective d- uh, I talked to agreed that it sounded like his M.O. The suspect would say something to throw off his target, and then he'd blitz attack. The detective said that my angry response probably made me seem like too much of a hassle and moved on. <laughs> the only problem was that I thought the guy kind of looked Hispanic, and the detective said that the, many witnesses described him as black. I thought they might want to come out and try some, for some samples or surveillance video or something, but I never heard back. The parents freaked out. They got us knives, pepper spray, stun gun. I put up signs, got me a stun gun. It, anyways, so we learned about another tenant had complained that same morning, though i never learned the details, but this idiot was apparently going around the damn complex trying to find a, par- a target. The stupid apartment wouldn't let us, uh, let us out of our lease, so we moved to a second-floor apartment right above our old unit. Oh, some sort of side note about some tweakers. Whatever. That's not as oh. interesting. Anyways, on September 4th, 2006, they arrest Mark Goodow. I think the detectives didn't call me back beca- uh, because they were days away from arresting him. When I saw his mugshot, I was sick but also relieved. He was absolutely the guy outside my window. He's on death row now in Arizona. His wife tried to mount some sort of campaign to show that the police were framing him or something. On a personal level, it certainly would make for an interesting coincidence of this poor incident man was actually framed. was also the one whispering like a creep and tapping on my window. The other cool thing about the story is I actually had a bad eating disorder at the time, and about eight months after this happened, I got into solid recovery. I never would have experienced how wonderful life could be if the slightest little thing wouldn't have changed my life that morning. I can't think of anything more scary than a serial killer tapping on your window. That actually happened to me, and if it happens to you, just scare them right back. Don't be afraid to be downright rude to someone who's injecting themselves into your space. It could save your life. If you're not afraid to throw your weight around and tell someone off, trust yourself. You can still be kind, generous person, but you can still tell someone to fuck off. And that's the end of the story. And the story <laughs> is titled I Told a Serial Killer to Fuck Off. That
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, it away. It does. That's why I was like, I
1: can't say it. I can't say it Yeah, I can't say it yet. Oh, right. uh, that's good. So you said ghost boy story? That was what? You said he had a, a, a ghost boy story?
0: Dude, okay. So I've told you about the little boy ghost, right?
1: Boy Ghost, yes, in my, in my house, yes. So, if someone hasn't listened to that,
0: yeah, uh, back,
1: go to the plethora of episodes. We could not write that in a description, and I can't think off the top of my head.
0: Uh, Little Boy Ghost, I think it was our follow, ghost, follows episode. my wife, yes. Uh, lived with at uh, her other house. Her, her mom, and her sister all heard him in the basement because they said they were gonna play a board game. They heard the little boy go, I want to play. And, you know, shit like that happens from time to time. Yeah. And uh, Xbox turn turned on, like, periodically. Like, just the other day, like, I turned it off because we were leaving for work. And, like, I turned it off and, like, walked back, like, brushed my teeth, the head out. Like, all right, you be ready. And as soon as I said that, like, the Xbox turned back on. <gasps> and she was like, and she, I was like, oh, man, we didn't leave the TV on for the little boys. You know, it's just kind of like a little thing in the house. Well, I bought Halloween candy and, like, put it, like, in, like, a little Halloween pumpkin bucket. Oh. Okay, and it was sitting on, like, the coffee table. And it was not one of the dogs. Like, it doesn't make sense that it would be a dog. Because, okay, we got home. uh, And Jessica's like, Justin, did you get some of the candy? And I was like, no. Because, you know, obviously I have some of the candy, but I throw my wrappers away. And she was like... There's a whole pile of wrappers on the floor. (gasps) And I was like, wait, are you serious? She's like, yeah. I'm like, no, that definitely wasn't me. And, like, the bowl was still sitting there perfectly. Like, there's no way the dogs could have gotten, like, put their head into the bowl without knocking it over for one. Like, they would have definitely knocked it over. Two, there wasn't, like, slobber or teeth marks on any of the other candy wrappers.
1: I'm sure, did they, because they've possibly gotten it out of the trash?
0: No, no, no. Cause like they were the, like they were the whoppers, and I don't eat the I don't eat the whoppers. <gasps> and like they were like all like in a it was like in a pile, and they were like it looked like they'd like been torn open and eaten. Uh ghost baby. It's definitely not. I don't know. It was weird because I was like, "There's no way it was the dogs." Because if the dogs tried to put their head in there like that, one, they would have drooled everywhere. Two, some of the candy would have been fucked up that was inside the bowl. and yeah, it would and the, the three, the angle of that, the dogs would have had to put their head in the bowl. They would have knocked it over trying to get their head in there or out.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, it's so much fun.
0: So weird.
1: I love it. Ghost Boy actually remembers Halloween. Oh, <laughs> uh, Well, I could think if it is Ghost Boy, he's probably quite happy that he got his Halloween candy. You
0: got, got some Halloween candy.
1: Mm, be nice to your family, Ghost. <laughs>
0: Well, I, I turned it once he turned the Xbox on before we left the other day. I put Hulu on.
1: <laughs> oh, you're know, try on some tunes. Yeah, we'll... I was like, oh, wait, Thank you, girl, to... bro. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <All> right. <laughs> have
1: some fun in there. <laughs> it's like we got this new thing called Hulu. You might right. not have had it while you're around, but there's some good cartoons.
0: <laughs> All right. So follow us on Twitter mm-hmm. at Dead Talk Pod. Follow us on Instagram at Dead Talk Pod. Got a Facebook page as well as a group. Uh email us your stories at thedeadtalkpodcast talk podcast at gmail.com. Thank you, Crackalack Beats, for the use of our intro and outro. And I got a happy story. Do it. And I saw this one like right the other day, like right when we got done recording. And I was like, oh I gotta save this one for next time. Cause it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a cool little outro too. All right. So this story was written on the 15th. So two weeks ago, which makes me sad cause I just found it. So some people have heard it already, but Irishman Shay Bradley has made sure he had the last laugh even at his own funeral. Bradley, 62, died after suffering from a long illness and was buried in Dublin this week. At his funeral, his friends and family wore black and stood around Bradley's grave. But then the unexpected happened. Hello? 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 Let me out. Bradley called from the grave. Oh, God. (laughs) Before he died, he recorded a hilarious message to be played during the funeral to make sure there was some laughter on the day. The short video that captured the moment the recording began played uh was playing was posted to social media by Bradley's daughter and has been picked up by media outlets all over the world. Hello? Let me out. It's dark in here, Bradley can be heard saying in the recording. At first his family and friends appear a bit startled, but then they can be heard laughing as Bradley talks, and sounds of someone knocking on the wood can be heard. <laughs> is that is that the priest I hear? Let me out, I'm in the box. <laughs> <laughs> Towards the end of the video, Bradley's friends and families are in stitches as he sings, Hello again, hello, I just called to say goodbye. Bradley's daughter Andrea posted the video on Facebook saying it was her dad's dying wish. Always the pranksters, you got them good, Papa Bear, and gave us all a laugh. Just when we needed it, I will love you forever. Bradley pulled off the prank with his son Jonathan's help. Jonathan told the BBC his father had concocted the plan about a year ago. Jonathan, Jonathan told the BBC that his dad was, quote, a larger-than-life character who always wanted to make people laugh. He wanted something special for everyone to remember him as he was, so that everyone, especially my mother, did not leave the, the graveside somber.
1: Ah, uh, that's, like, <clears> ultimate, <throat> like, black comedy Irish humor, too.
0: <laughs> Alright, guys, well, thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.
1: Yay! Happy Halloween!
0: Bye! Bye. That was my spooky bye.
1: That was a spooky bye. Yeah. Go ahead. I hear. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Let me out. Where
0: the fuck am I? Hello! Hello! Let me out the fucking bag in here! <laughs> Who the fuck am I? Is that that I can hear? That's right. That's right. Let me out! Hello! Hello! can hear
1: you! Hello! Hello! Hello!
0: Hello! Please. Hello! 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 This is Shami, I'm in the box. No, I'm fucking frontier. I'm dead. You gotta hear that. Hello
1: again, hello. I was called to say
0: goodbye. I'm going to die, I'm trying to say. Hello again, hello. Again.